For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, it's the Dugout Dudes, uh, Brett Tomko, Josh Luke. We've, uh, we've been, honestly, truth be told, we've both been playing at the lake, uh, spending time with our family, taking advantage of the pandemic. But baseball season is underway, and uh, last night, Brett, Yankees uh, Nationals uh, short game and then the Dodgers Giants short game so what were your first impressions of a crowdless major league baseball official game well I'm so you know I'm, I'm a little surprised they actually made it to the season to actually really start the way things were looking you know guys were coming down with it testing positive I, I wasn't even sure you know if it was going to be safe for them to even really get underway um you know fingers crossed that everyone stays safe out there and you know they're able to contain it and and we can get the season rolling. And, and hopefully, I'm still cautiously optimistic that they're going to get through a whole season. But I see a lot of hiccups that could happen. And, and we could talk a little bit more about that. But I think a lot of things are going to have to go right for this whole season to continue. So it was a little strange to sit there and watch a baseball game. Like, it almost, <laughs> it almost didn't seem real. I was sitting like – I had taped a little bit. I, I went to the bed after the, at the, after the kids went to sleep. And I was watching it. And it almost felt like an exaggerated, like, wiffle ball game. That's, that's the only way I can think of it because it was, like, no people in the stands. Um, you know, you got the cardboard cutouts. It just didn't seem – Yeah, I saw like, Sean re- McVay sitting in the front row of the Rams. It, it didn't seem real. It didn't seem real. The funny thing is the car – I had got an email from the Royals. Um, you know, they sent it out to their alumni – talking about the cardboard signs and it was like 40 bucks. So I, I emailed uh, the lady back. I said, how much is it going to cost me to be right behind home plate? So every time that I wanted to go onto a Royal game, yeah. I could see my mug like yeah. right behind home plate. Cause I think that would be, that would be fun. If you, every time you tune sure. into a game, you're like, Hey, look, there I am. But it, it was crazy. I mean, I, I think, I think it's great. It started up again. I think it's great for the country to be excited about something. I, I'll tell you what the advertisements and you know, all the signage out in the outfield. I think that's what's a little strange for me is seeing all the signs in the, in the yeah. bleachers in the outfield because it just – it looks different. It's still baseball. It's still, you know, the game and, and, and the ink, like the, the fine-tuning of the game. But to see, to see all that, it almost it, – it's, it's comical a little bit to me. What about you? What do you think about yeah, it? Yeah, uh, first of all, I'm excited because, you know, I sit on my back couch and watch the Dodgers every night during a normal summer, and, and there hasn't been a normal summer, and we're, you know, a few days shy of August. So I just got back from the lake uh, this morning and realized, sitting on my, oh, my gosh, I get to sit on the back porch and watch the Dodgers today. I'm excited about that. But like you, it was kind of a head-scratcher watching the game. Yesterday, there were some interesting things that happened in the Dodger game that we'll get to um stanton opened the season with the monster home run in new york so that was an exciting way to start the year um it was a six inning game which really brought light to the fact um that hey they're gonna get these 60 games done any way they can um if they can but i'm with you um brett if they finish the season 
I'm not convinced that the best team will win, which of course for me is tough because I'm a Dodger fan and I firmly believe we are the best team, at least the best in the National League and uh, good enough to win a seven game series. Uh, but I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that um, things go well. And that's for everybody because when you win, you want to you beat the, all the best teams. But look, if there's a pandemic in your clubhouse, I'm not sure in, in any clubhouse, there's 30 clubhouses. If if more than 10 guys get sick in one clubhouse, that's it. I, I don't even with it. Cause I think they got 30 guys. So, so I, I just learned yesterday, the Dodgers um, camp alternative camp is at USC. So they sent Gavin Lux to USC the day before the season, they called, uh, they sent Dustin May to USC and then called him back later that day when Kershaw went on the DL. What a difference. You're, you're either at Chavez Ravine or you're, you're, you're in South Central you at USC. So, Crazy so the difference. minor league camp's there, but they got 30 guys. So I'm sure they thought about this. But, but guys, if, if 10 guys of the Dodgers 30 go on the DL, then you're looking at a, a, a triple-A team. I don't mean to be disrespectful. Even if Betts and Belly are, are two of them, you're mixing in guys with not a lot of experience and the competitive advantage is, is swayed. So as a pitcher, Brett, how would that make you feel if – if you know you're turning around and you're 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 in a 60 game shortened season, everybody's in the pennant race for the next few weeks, at least for about 20 days. Um, how would it make you feel to turn around and go, man? I hope these guys know what they're doing. Well, I think I think one thing you you hit on is if if it wipes out like 10 people or 15 people, let's say it hits more than that. Let's say it hits it runs through the clubhouse and it wipes out an entire team. I know there's there are some things put in place that they could eliminate a team and eliminate a team completely from the season and still roll it on. But what I, what I worry about is multiple teams having the same problem. And I think that's, I think that's going to be the big thing that if that happens, the, the season will get shut down. You know, if yeah. multiple teams have it run through their clubhouse, which is a possibility, hopefully they have enough safeguards in place. Um, they're taking, you know, I've seen some pictures of clubhouses where they have plexiglass partitions in between each locker you know, if it, and I've talked to a couple guys, I talked to with Joe Muscara, who was on the show and I said, you know, what's it like? Well, you know, how's the testing? And he, you know, he said, it's not quite what we thought it was going to be. You know, sometimes the tests aren't getting back. We saw a couple teams shut down their summer camp as they were calling it because they weren't getting the test as frequently or the results as frequently. And, and they're trying to be safe. Yeah. So if those tests aren't being done regularly and, and all of a sudden, a couple guys get it you don't know about, and it spreads like wildfire. You know, we could be looking at a season that gets postponed, which would be a shame. I think it started. I'm, I'm fingers crossed that that they can keep it at bay, and and they can do this. South Korea's uh, Korea's doing it. Yeah, the season's keeping going, but I think, uh, you know, not economically, but they're in a better situation with the whole pandemic. You know, they've flattened the curve more than we have. Uh, yeah. The one thing about U.S. is we're winning. We're definitely winning the race to the, the most cases. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know how it's all going to pan out. But, you know, getting back to your question, sorry, I ran it a little bit, um, was, yeah, if half the team was a AAA team, you, I mean, you do what you got to do. You go out there and pitch. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the AAA teams, there's some guys, young guys that come up that, that are going to fill in and do great. But, you know, if you see half your team – out there and it's you know the albuquerque team it's it's very it's very different you know it's the albuquerque no dodgers against when we're dropping albuquerque's on you here right so um <laughs> you know it's you know i think there's so many variables and there's so many question marks after 
you know, the first couple games. Um, and let's talk more about that, Brett. I, I want to have Brett's brother, Scott, who's kind of our show um, fantasy baseball. He was going to come on today, but I, I, he had something pop up let's at the give last it a second. Week because I, I think the, uh, I, I want to know, like, as I watch, I'm considering like the Dodgers are so deep with the DH. It's ridiculous. The Dodgers have uh, Gore on their team. I can't remember his first name, but he played in Kansas City. He's a pure speed guy. They haven't had the opportunity. We talked with Dave Roberts about that. They've never had this pinch runner on their team in Roberts's uh, genre and because there's a 30-man roster they have Gore sitting there on their outfield roster there's so many different things uh and, and Brad I want to run by you one of the things that happened on opening night in the Dodger game actually in the first inning about eight pitches in last night um Yaskrimski gets on on the first pitch on an error by Corey Seager a couple uh pitches later um Kung Fu Panda third baseman uh, I guess I don't even know his real name <laughs> Pablo Sandoval Pablo Sandoval who is probably the slowest guy in the league from what people say uh grounds one in the infield and at the second baseman and Yaskrimski uh from what the announcers thought purposely jumped up and scissor kicked to get hit by the ball to eliminate the possibility of a double play I want you to put we used to do this a lot on the show Brett put yourself back on the mound and put us on the mound as a pitcher do you roll your eyes, shake your head, or do you look at the first base on point right at him and go, help me out here. That was on purpose. You got to ring up Kung Fu Panda too. What well, do you do? I, yeah. And there's, if he did jump and purposely get hit, it's impressive. Cause to be able to think of that, that fast would be, you know, the first realizing the situation of a, this in spring yeah, <laughs> or realizing the, the situation, like, Hey, if he's behind me and they hit it, I'm going to purposely get myself out. I, I don't know if I believe that happened, but if it did, okay, let's say it did. I mean, beautiful thing by Yastrzemski to do that as a pitcher. I just want to get out. So I, I think, I think I would be happy that I got it out. Cause there's so many things that could happen on a, on a ground ball. He's got to field it cleanly. He's got to, he's got to throw it to the shortstop. He's got to transfer it. He's got to throw him out. So I don't know if I get that upset. I'd be happy with the out. Um, and then, and then you go from there. <laughs> Take I, I don't it one think at a time, right? Go back right. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, unless it was like a crucial, crucial part of the game, like ninth inning or something like that, where it looks like the world series Dodgers, Yankees, <laughs> when Reggie throws his hip into a double play. Right. Double play. D- different <laughs> story. But I mean, first, <laughs> first game of the season, first inning or whatever. I, yeah, I wouldn't even think twice about it to be honest. Yeah, you probably, I, I, it's funny. Cause I, I heard it and didn't even think about it until today. They were talking about it. I'm like, wow, that's smart baseball. I know. We have a high school uh, buddy, Crosby Spencer, who uh, in, in high school in, a, in a, their senior year, um, we had a great team. They won the championship that year. I think Brett was a sophomore. I was a junior that year. But um, I wasn't playing, but I was watching the game. And there was, I think, first and second. And there's a line drive right at third base, right at Crosby's knees. And he lets it hit his glove and drops it. Just, so basically, he, he abused the infield fly rule. He picks it up, steps on third, throws the second, and I think they ended up getting a triple play. You got to play that. He's got to. You got to play that off perfectly too. Yeah, you got to make did. it look like it handcuffed you almost yeah. because yeah. you know <laughs> good umpires are going to see that. Especially yeah. usually when that happens, it's really obvious that the guy dropped it on purpose. So you got to sell it like like oh my gosh, I couldn't see it. I lost it in the like in the fans. And but, in 1989, I don't think you had to sell it that hard because no, it, no, no, it was no. a new concept. But, but it's gene. If you can think of stuff that quick on the fly, I mean, yeah. I've been in situations where a guy's bunted the ball and it's it's. It's a, it's a bump, a uh, bunt that's popped up to me where, you know, you could process it that quick that 
all right, the guy at first base, he thinks I'm going to catch it. Yeah. You know, as long as you think you can control that drop right in front of you to pick it up and throw the guy out at second, and you're trying to, like, see the the runner out of the box to see if he ran hard out of the box, you can process it that quick. I mean, you'd be imagine you you'd be amazed what you can do in like a quarter of a second. That's a great example, but have you ever seen an ump call an infield fly on somebody who did that? I mean, not like that. Get the no, of the but doubt. if what? Well, uh, no. I mean, the infield fly. I mean, if it's just a man on first and yeah. the guy trying to bunt him over to second, and oh, it, I've go. had it happen where it's bunted right to me, and it's an e. I mean, and I'm saying it's like ten feet off the ground. Yeah. It's not like a fly ball, but it's just like a just a poor bunt where I've like I have it and I know when it bounces it's not going to kick off to one way and yeah. you're just you're feeling like a ground ball. I've done it before and caught it and doubled the guy up. Yeah. So it's just you can process that quick. Did did Yastrzemski do it? I don't know. I mean if he That's did great. it's genius. So so Brett, let me ask you this again as somebody who's who's not just stepped on the mound but been in the locker room with you know fourteen how many different teams you play for fourteen years fourteen major league teams 14 more than that teams. more than the organization sixteen organizations I think so you got Buster Posey just adopted a couple of babies and so he opted out you have a couple of high profile players that opted out and I don't even know if this is a possibility but can they opt back in in six weeks when their team I, I don't the think so. Out? I think you opt out, you're opting out for the season. Um, I think so too. You know, I've had, I had many conversations with people, you know, cause people ask me all the time, like, what would you have done? And I, I, as I think it depends, you know, you talk about a Kevin Newman who we've had on the show, Joe Musgrove guys that we know from the show, they're young guys, they're young guys. Um, you know, like Joe, he, he doesn't have, doesn't have a girlfriend, doesn't have a wife, doesn't have kids like me in my early twenties. I'm in like, yeah. let's go. Like all I want to do is play baseball yeah, and get out there. Ball, and I'm not, you might think the, the risk reward, like, you know, I'm going to go out there and play the older guys that have families. I can totally see it. Or, you know, guys that have their wives are pregnant or, you know, you're talking about risk and are, is it a risk you're willing to take um, for a shortened season of two months? You know, I don't, I don't blame any guy for bailing out David price bailing out. I don't blame him at all. I mean, ha- hats off to those guys that that have enough you know you know muster to say you know i'm not playing it's not worth it I, i'm I do turning down money different. i'm turning down a ton of money to protect my family it i think it's great it's head with david price and this is no disrespect to him i just think for a guy who probably what's he making 14 15 million a year in a prorated year it might only be three or four million he knows he's got two or three years left on it where he's going to make the full 14 or 15 i think it's it would correct me if I'm wrong. It seems to me that it's easier to opt out when you're that guy than, than you're a guy who still hasn't made his money. Well, I think it's easier to opt out of course, because you have money in the bank, but I think those guys are opting out because either they have precondition or uh, preexisting health conditions, or maybe their wife does like my wife does where I, to be honest. And like you said, the guy, he's got a hundred million dollars in the bank. Yeah. You know, is it worth the risk to, get himself or his family or his kids sick or his wife sick, no, for $7 million when you have a hundred in the bank? Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, you, I, you, you walk away and you don't worry about it. you. You become the biggest cheerleader you can for the Dodgers and your team and you're there to support your teammates. But I think when you pick family, um, you don't pick wrong. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to look at it. Hey, one of the lead stories on ESPN.com today, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, uh, Christian Yelich is the best player in Major League Baseball. The stats prove it. Sorry, Mike Trout. Do you agree with that or not? I'm a huge Mike Trout fan. I know you I are, think but... I, you know, big Mike Trout. I mean, I mean, we grew up like right down the road from Angel Stadium. Um, I think, 
I think it's a coin flip. I, I haven't seen that story. I don't know the stats, but I think I th- the funny thing is you, I think they're both, you can put them in the same hand in terms of what I think a superstar is all about. A guy that represents the organization. He's great with the fans. He's great with the kids. He's playing a hundred percent. Every time he takes the field, that's Mike Trout. That's Christian Yelich. There's some other guys that I don't want to get into that have horrible reputations that get all this money where I think, it's a waste. I wouldn't want to give that money to a Mookie Betts for the great guy. Like you want to see those guys. You want to give those guys. They're the face of the organization and they're good people. Um, Yelich, Trout, it's a coin flip. I'm going with Trout all day, every day, but I, I no disrespect to Yelich. He's, he's with my agency, um, not my agency, but my agent that I had. Um, and he's a great dude and a great player. I take either one of them. And I love that, dude. I wish he was a Dodger, but I think he just signed a, almost a lifetime deal to stay in Milwaukee. But here's the point I want to make on that, and this is true with Bellinger, too, and we've all but confirmed it with Dave Roberts. If you're a five-tool player, uh, and in your first few years, people are saying, oh, he's you know Trout and Belly, they're the best players in baseball because they can go deep, they can steal. Well, you know what happens, and, and Dave confirmed this. After three or four years, they quit stealing. So does that take away some of their argument uh, for being one of the best when all of a sudden they're not using speed as their weapon. I mean, what do you think about that? I don't think so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think it's all about, you know, how many, how many, who cares if you steal, if you don't score, look at the run score, look at the, look at the RBIs, look at the output. Um, I'm a huge RBI guy. If guys are driving in runs, they're driving in 130, 140 runs a, a year. That's valuable. You know, that's, I think, one of the biggest thing you're on base percentage, you know, stealing bases. It's, it's a relative thing. I mean, there's, hall of famers that stole zero bases basically and and doesn't diminish the fact of how great they were i I, it's not a stat that i think too highly of okay so let's talk i want to talk a little bit about three dodger points and then i want to i'm going to give you a few minutes to think about this one i want to ask you after just uh, one night of baseball the thing you saw that was different that you liked the thing that you saw that you didn't like and the thing that you saw that you're not sure about that you want to still <laughs> see. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to think about those. But first, I want to talk about a couple surprises to me. Bellinger was a center fielder last night and Betts was in right. Did that surprise you? No, not at all, because I think Betts played right field in Boston. Yeah. Um, so, and I think I think Bellinger is just, you know, he's big, he's tall, he's lanky. Um, I think Bellinger can play anywhere. You put Bellinger at shortstop, I think he's going to play decent. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, yeah. it, I think he can play anywhere. I think Betts is comfortable there. I think it was a conversation that Dave and them had, you know, when they got him, where are you comfortable playing? And I think Bellinger, he's got flipped around so much. He just I don't wants think to it, play one spot is what he said. Yeah, I don't think it matters to him. And, and you know, I think – I don't know. I think Bellinger may have a little bit stronger arm. So, I think center field maybe suits him a little bit better. So I'm, I'm okay with that athlete. too. Here's a surprise from last night, and we even talked about this with Dave. Do you know who led off of the Dodgers last night? Max Muncie um, let off last night. Really? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I, like I said, I missed the first few, you know, innings. So I, I, when they turned it around in the order, I wasn't sure where I picked it up from. So the school of thought is this. <clears throat> against righties, Muncie will lead off and Betts will go second and they'll go left-right the whole lineup. And like today when they, uh, when they face a left-hander, I think it's Tyler Anderson um, pitching for the Giants, it will be Betts and then they'll go lefty-right and you'll probably see Turner and Belly switch the three and four. I would imagine. I don't know. I'm anxious to see what they do but that was kind of a surprise um, listen the dodger the lineup their lineup is stacked Let's, i mean like yeah. when you really think about you know and they're the yankees lineup that with with stanton Stack. back and judge yeah. back they're stacked too but you know you talk about lineups that are just going to produce runs you know i don't think you worry about it with the dodgers are they going to have 
slumps, yeah, or slides in, in terms of run production. Of course, anyone does. And with a shortened season, it's going to be more critical that you don't have extended slides. Um, but yeah, they're going to – they're gonna, that's, it's, that's a big storyline right there. I've yeah, they, I mean, we talk about it. I mean, we always joked around, like, playing, like, the season's a marathon. I mean, and it's going to be – we can preface a little bit. We're having Ross uh, Stripling on – our, our next show and it'll be it'll be fun to talk to him and kind of see what the player's perspective is because I know how I would feel because when you start the season I want to know what like the atmosphere was you know the first couple games of is there urgency right away because when you start the season for your your you know it's opening day it's great it's fun you know you it's you know you have six months of playing so you can kind of ease in like look at the Washington Nationals worst yeah, team in baseball right. at the beginning they yeah. wouldn't even they wouldn't even have sniffed the playoffs and they won the World Series. So is there urgency right now that we gotta get hot right away and get off to a good start? Because before you know it, the season's gonna be over. It's basically like it's August right now, like in terms of like the season. Yeah, I think that's cool too. And Charlie Steiner, who interestingly enough was broadcasting from his home. Rick Monday was at the stadium, Steiner was at home. And this was really weird, Brett. I could hear the crack of the bat. And then Steiner wouldn't address it for like four seconds. Okay, later. so you, you asked me what I didn't like about what was going on. The sound of the ball coming off the bat was bizarre. It didn't sound normal, and it, it kept throwing me off. And that was the one thing I noticed where I was like, I don't like this. I don't like hearing that sound. Um, it's it like was Bull bizarre. Durham where the guy – is that Bull Durham or Major League? It was League? bizarre. Let's get a little couple of these little points. Um, <laughs> things I liked, I, I, was, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the cardboard cutouts, but I was digging it. I yeah, thought it just it added like a little bit of like, hey, there's some fans there. Yeah. Even though there weren't fans there, I kind of I got on board. Um, you know, I'm still disappointed that I didn't pony up and get one and, and sit right behind home plate, but I kind of like it. I think the thing that was confusing for me – um, was I had just talked to my primary doctor today about something and we were chit-chatting about, cause he used to be the Padres, um, internal medicine guy. And we were talking about it and he hit it on the head. He goes, what confused me was, is you see all those cardboard cutouts and they have that ambient sound of like people in the stands, like cheering and stuff. And he goes, it threw me off. It was like a laugh track for like a, a comedy on TV. Yeah. And I said, that's a perfect way to put it. Like, I don't know. I like the fact of the sound being played because it, it's baseball. It's, you know, it's got a buzz in the air, but it, it's so artificial that I like, there's a disconnect between when things happen and how the crowd is going to react. And it, it's for some reason I couldn't, I can't connect the dots in my head when it's all going on. But the, a great example of the sprint versus the marathon is Gavin Lux was, was the second baseman. Um, it was his job to lose to start the year. They didn't even give him a day. They sent him down to USC yeah. and said, you're not ready. And we are, uh, we have 60 games left in the season. And uh, Kike has had an apparently outrageously hot. Um, oh man, he was camp. on fire yeah, right yeah. off the bat. And yeah. last night, and four for five. So Lux. I think uh, it's going to be interesting. I think, I think there will be a te couple teams that may be a surprise when it comes down to it. Um, and they expanded the playoff. Uh, the amount of teams going to the playoffs. So you may see a team that sneaks in there. I mean, dare we say the Padres get hot. The Padres, I think, are a team that's really positioned well to benefit from the show. Yeah, I season. think they have young pitching, which is going to yeah. be the big question mark. Um, but, I mean, offensively, I mean, they have a really good off young offensive team with some solid veterans mixed in. You know, if they get hot and they make the playoffs, that would be exciting. I think there's going to be 
uh, two or three teams that get into the playoffs when this is all said and done, if the season continues, that that haven't been there in a while. And it, it'll be it'll be fun to see. So I need to read up a little bit more on the on the playoffs because as it, I look at the stats, it still shows the three National League East divisions and the American League divisions. And so I, I'm I'm curious. I thought the division was who they play, and maybe that's not the case this year. I'm gonna need to read up. Do you know more about that? I mean, cause oh, they, I was I was doing my research and I can't remember, but I know they they expanded how many teams make it. So it's yeah, the I read that yesterday. It's all, we'll do some research for the it's next eighteen. Uh, was it eight teams make it? Yeah. So so the so first it's six and division place winners, teams. second place teams, and then there's wild cards. There's and two. They wild said cards. in the league, so maybe they are just going to leave the leagues intact, which means there's just an unbalanced schedule. Which is that's interesting because that's that the that's awesome. the thing that's throwing me off a little bit too. Is like, which makes sense because when you play in 162 games, you're playing your division more um, throughout the season, which which over 162 games doesn't they're all mixed in so it doesn't seem like you're playing them that much but now in the 60 games you're playing a majority of your games against your division which is i think would be strange to play those teams over and over and over opposite league division so i guess that is kind of a fair version of an unbalanced schedule but i think where it becomes unfair is assuming the eastern division american league in particular american league east is always thought of as stronger than the west um, but the West is probably going to get an extra playoff team or two if if the East teams beat each other up. That yeah. would be your that would be the logic, right? So check this out: the Dodgers finished the season with three games at home against the Angels. How fun is that? Okay, <laughs> That's, I mean, I see as as much as this season's been like a catastrophe in terms of like you know all the negotiations between the players' unions and the owners, and it's it, you know it was a saga. It was like a, a soap opera. Yeah. Um, take that aside push it away to really see some of these storylines. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big pitcher's hit thing. I, I like to see the pitcher's hit. I'm a big National League guy. But to see the fact that, like, hey, we're going to the universal DH, like, if for hopefully it's just for the season. Um, you know, it's a cool thing. It's a cool thing to change it up a little bit and, and make it a little bit different. I think it makes it exciting um, to see a few different rules put in place. Um, you know, I think it's it's – it's going to be interesting. Like I said, just watching a game and, and seeing it, it's, it's almost like your mind is, is your mind knows what it's supposed to be. And it's nothing like that. We talked yeah. about, you can hear the dialogue on the field. You can hear, you yeah, know, you hear we talked about a little bit off and we heard, F-bombs. we heard some F bombs on, on, on TV because there's no, there's no crowd noise to blend that out. So I don't know if that's something the TV, like how they're going to, they can't bleep that stuff or it just kind of is what it is, but you can hear, you can hear everything going on and it's bizarre to me. Okay. So, so check this out. Um, The Dodgers first road game of the year is at Houston on Tuesday and Walker Bueller just uh, by coincidence is the number five starter right hand there on the mound against uh, the non MVP Jose Altuve is probably the leadoff hitter, right? All right, Brett, it's a yes or no answer. Is he wearing the first pitch or not? No, I don't think he will. Um, you know, I think, I think a question that I've heard quite a bit, and I'll ask you this, is um, do you think with this all going on and, you know, the state of, you know, how America is with the pandemic and the season being short, do you think that is going to – I may be asking the wrong person this. <laughs> do you think that is going to diminish um, the, 
microscope on the Astros and the scandal that people are going to push that aside and say, Hey, there's bigger things to worry about than a baseball team stealing some signs. Um, you know, the season started, let's, let's kind of just get after it. Do you think, do you think as a fan people, I'll, I'll tell you the player's perspective, my opinion, but do you think the fans are going to kind of push that aside and not think about it as much because there's more on the plate? Yeah, only because there's no forum to do it other than Twitter, which everybody's been doing it forever anyway, right? So I actually think those those two or three guys that were the faces of that um, cheating scandal in Houston are, are never going to live that down. I think it's going to stay with them forever. But, yeah, they certainly caught a, a hall pass that not having a crowd and not having to deal with it. I think in the playoffs uh, it'll be a big topic. The Astros have a very strong lineup this year as well. Um, too, so you can expect. I didn't even think about that. Going into visiting stadiums, they don't have to deal with any of, no. you know, the crowds like being all over them. I didn't even think about that. They're, so they're kind of lucky. Let me ask you: You're starting Tuesday at Houston. It's your first start of the year. Every game counts. Their leadoff hitter is a speed guy, a former MVP. And for, let me ask you this: First of all, okay. Does the coaching staff ever come up and give you a wink or a nod and say, here's what's going to happen? Or do they just expect that you as the players have your kangaroo court and say, this is good. Be honest, take us in there. This is one of those things as a fan we don't know. Um, It depends who the manager is. So usually there's, there's baseball code, there's baseball etiquette kind of all knows it. Like the, you know, we, we've talked, so we've talked to, we were blue in the face about the sign stealing, but um, you know, if it wasn't directly affecting me and it didn't take money out of my, you know, pocket, you know, and I go up against Altuve, I'm probably not drilling him. You know, it's not that big of a deal to me unless it was directly affected me and the outcome of games that I pitched in. Um, get back to the managers, Tony LaRussa, St. Louis. He was adamant that he made the calls when people got hit. So if there was a situation, I'll, I'll Rico Bronia came up. Um, we had a couple guys hit, um, Tony came up to us and he said, Hey, Rico Brony is the second guy up. If you get the first guy out, we're, we're hitting him. Yeah. And he, he told us how we wanted to do it. We want to pitch low and away outside to lead him out there. Next pitch, put it in his, his ribs. Yeah. I mean, I had, we had managers that did that and he said he would pay the fine for us. That's so you have managers Manella. that uh, <laughs> Pinella wanted everybody hit. It didn't matter. <laughs> Pinella, I'll give you a good, a good story. So, um, I'm in spring training and uh, we're in Las Vegas for like three games and uh, Mike Cameron's on the team and we're playing the White Sox Um, and the White Sox Cameron played for the White Sox. So he gets hit with a curveball in the head. Um, He goes down a second to break up a double play and the guy kind of drops down a little bit, you know, could have been suspect dropped down a little bit lower towards his head and it set Lou off. Lou was so mad. He was dropping F-bombs in the dugout because he thought it was intentional that yeah. they were trying to like, hey, here's a guy that was on our team. We're going we're gonna to yeah. go after him. So I'm pitching, and he comes over to me. He's like, you hit the first guy that comes in the box. So I get out <laughs> there to pitch, and I'm, trying, the box. <laughs> and I'm trying to make the team. So um, I, I go out there, you know, get the sign, which is usually middle finger. Um, yeah. So I, first pitch, I throw behind. Uh, Oh, it was, I forgot who was up. It was Ray Durham, I think. And uh, yeah. throw the you ball behind Ray too. Durham, <laughs> who I played with Ray uh, the, a few years later. We talked about this, actually, because he's like, oh, I totally remember it. So I get the sign again, second pitch. So here I go, throw one up and in. 
You know, now the dugout's screaming at me. <laughs> Ray's looking at me. Um, I get the I get I get the the sign again on the third pitch, and here I'm thinking like, dude, I'm gonna get thrown out of the spring training game. Yeah. So I don't quite. I come up with my leg kick. Ray is already out of the box, like ten <laughs> feet. So I launch it to the backstop. You know, people are screaming at me. So innings over. I come back in the dugout and Lou just unloads on me, screaming at me. You can throw the ball 96 miles an hour wherever you want. And you can't hit this guy. I mean, he's like beat red. I'm like almost in tears because I'm not used. You know, it's like my third year, fourth year in the big leagues. And I'm having this manager like rip my, my head off. So the next inning I come, I come out and Carlos Lee comes up and Carlos Lee is like, he's gigantic. Six, six, like 280 pounds of like steel. And the very first sign is the sign to hit him. And I'm thinking like, dude, Lou is going to try to get, he's trying to get me killed. So then, you, then they don't have to make a decision. They don't have to make a decision if I start on the team or get sent down because I'm going to be dead. So very first pitch, I throw it behind him. And literally, I mean, everyone is going crazy in the dugout. Finally, like I get the, the pitch to you know, throw a curveball and I'm out of it. And I got, I got sent to AAA. <laughs> I didn't start the season with the team. Oh, <laughs> but there, so That's some managers, story though, man. some managers, some managers are, are, are given the call. Some aren't, um, you know, you kind of know as a player, like when you have to kind of do what you need to do, I'll give yeah. you another, I'll give you another just quick story. Um, I might've told this story before, uh, Barry Larkin, uh, we're, we're in Houston, um, Greg Vaughn's on the team. You can Greg never Vaughn, hit the Astros enough. Let me just say yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Greg Vaughn got hit. Another, I think Lark got hit. And so it's like the seventh inning, and the inning comes out, or the, we start the inning, and Lark comes well, who up. Are you, to, who are you playing? You're playing with Cincinnati. So this I was is playing with Cincinnati. The National League. Yeah, so I, yeah. I'm in Cincinnati, or we're in Houston. Lark comes out, and he's like, hey, we, we got to uh, send a message right here. So here I am, like second year in the big leagues. I'm like, okay, I got to hit this guy, right? And Larkin's Captain. a great character guy. Oh, you covered that before. Yeah, so, so, so – and like such a good – he's one of my favorite all-time players. Trevor Hoffman and him are two of my favorite teammates. So I'm thinking, like, I got to hit this guy. So Derek Bell comes up. First pitch, 96 miles an hour, middle of the back. Like, I mean, just couldn't have squared him up more. So I put my foot – I kicked the dirt like I didn't mean to do it. Like, everyone knew I meant to do it. Sure. And I hear the crowd kind of, like, starting to get loud. And I look up, and he's about halfway to the mound like charging me and Eddie Thomasy got a hold of his jersey um stopped him benches cleared he's screaming at me he's gonna kill me on first base and so after it all calmed down uh Lark comes up to the mound he said hey why'd you hit him and I go you told you told me to send a message he's like no I just meant like something up and in I said you gotta clarify exactly what you want me to do because I don't know any better <laughs> like Lark I almost got killed right you almost got me killed Lark what are you doing Oh, those are great stories, man. Yeah. Those are, well, and so all those things come into play, too. I mean, again, it's a 60-game season. The Astros are as good of a team as anybody. Um, you well, you don't want suspensions. You start drilling people and get suspended because yeah. they already know, like, hey, you, you, they've already kind of said, like, there should be no retaliation. You start hitting people left and right. A 10-game suspension is a you know, six of the season. So I don't want to overdo this point, but let me ask you this. For all those reasons – is it more likely that at some point in the season, if a Dodger-Astro game gets out of hand to the Astros' favor, that a reliever's brought in and kind of given the wink? 
I don't, you know what? I don't think so. I think, no. I think it's like so far past that point. It may yeah, be a personal, it's been a long time, I yeah. think it's a person, it may be a personal thing where like you feel deep down in your gut, you need to like clip somebody, but I don't think it's going to be like a set thing. Like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta let the Astros know that we didn't think it was the right thing. I, I think yeah. it's, I think it's beyond that. Like I said, in the scope of what is happening in the U S right now and the, and the world, yeah. I think it's like, a mute point to even worry about it any, anymore. Good points, man. So let's, let's wrap up with this again. So, so a couple things that you saw last night that you're like, yeah, I kind of like this. Um, so, so what were those things? Have you already talked about a couple of them? Um, you know, I, I just, I like the crowd, like we we're saying about the crazy crowd noise. I think, I think some of it, I think some of it's good. It, it kind of gives the feel of baseball again. It's still, there's still a disconnect to me. I like the noise. I like, I like the sound of, you know, a base hit the Dodgers make, there's some cheering. Like, I think it adds a little bit. Cause my big thing is, is in terms of like, you're on the mound, seventh inning, big situation, that crowd noise, like as a player, it's like, you live for that. You live for that either. Well, it's that immediate feedback of you're doing great or you're doing bad. And it's a big situation. It's getting louder. You, you, you get that extra oomph and that adrenaline. It'd be interesting to talk to people that have, pitched in the season already if that same feeling is there i like the fact that they're adding some of that in there to try to give the home field a little bit of advantage or or you know give some booze to the other players when they hit a home run like whatever it is i think it's all fun i think there has to be some fun involved in this because if not it's like you're playing like i said you're playing like a backyard wiffle ball game so speaking of that, so actually you mentioned the DH earlier too. I actually like I'm a I'm a National League pitcher guy too. Because not so much because I like seeing the pitchers hit, but I like the strategy that Dave Roberts is such a tactician of in, in the American League. And I learned that when my brother went from the Dodgers to the Angels, he literally didn't play the last six weeks of the season. He couldn't even get in a bat because the the manager on the last place team was trying to win. Uh, it was um, Terry Collins got fired by the Angels in '99, and I think it was Dallas Green or somebody trying to win the job full time because he was interim and i just remember going man you never play in the american league because there's no strategy but but hey i wanted to um ask you real quick about dustin may i mean last night this guy gets called in on a day's notice he's hitting 100 on the gun they say he's developed a i think it's a slider they say it's just totally nasty now he looked great um, he's ready for anything now right i mean you call you get called into opening day on an hour i just notice. i just read he's the youngest pitcher since fernando valenzuela it wasn't um, a cakewalk, by the way. He, he got in a little trouble every inning, but it wasn't always his fault. I mean, there were errors. There were yeah, but he looked great. Like, that's a hard thing to do, like, to get that, like, spot start where you're not ready for it. And you're – I mean, they told him the day before, hey, be ready um, just in case. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Kershaw has his back a big thing. He looked pretty good spirits last night in terms of, like, seeing him in the dugout and laughing and joking. So – um, who knows what exactly happened? You you never know. That's the one thing you never know when you hear back spasms if that's like code for something else. Because that's usually that was usually always the thing of like it's a good blanket statement if a guy yeah. has got something going on that he has spasms. So you never really know. But um, he did great. I mean, I was impressed. Yeah. I still think I still think his pants are too tight, and he's got to cut his hair a little bit. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's just my that's just my opinion. Oh, did he cut his hair since last year? No, it's tell. it was huge. I don't know whose hair was bigger, his or Turner's. They're both. <laughs> there's a lot of red going on. Um, oh, man. Turner's Turner's. He's got the beard too, so it's even more. 
I did see a picture, and this was a great advertisement for Dodger Stadium when it reopens, but I guess JT was sitting out in the new – there's these new outfield suites where you know how there used to be that space between yeah. the, the wall and the stairs? And he was sitting out there, and, and they're like – he was wearing a mask, so they're like, he can't – he's trying to hide, but we know exactly who it is. It was during one of the – I did, I did like the stadium, the yeah. renovations that they did from what That's you good. can see. I mean, the stadium looked beautiful. I mean, Dodger Stadium's yeah. always a beautiful stadium, yeah. but um, it looked – I mean, it looked great. So yeah. – um i agree with that so i'm sure there that you just didn't like that you're like man I, I mean other than just the quietness that you've already addressed was there any of the rules or anything that you didn't like or or no it was just good to see baseball i mean yeah. it really was good to see baseball i think you know in terms of like there was no little league for me with my kids and there's been zero sports so now that basketball yeah. starting up um baseball I, I think it's just good to see that there's a little bit of normalcy going on in terms of what, you know, is going on in the country. And it, it's nice to see. So it's hard to be super critical of what's going on. It, it's, I think it's going to be, like I said, uh, it's, I think it would be hard to get up like in, in situations where there's not a, a, a stadium full of people. I think that's, yeah. I think that's where I think I was missing just seeing all, you know, a ball goes hit in foul territory and there's no one there. Like, I yeah, think that's, I didn't like seeing that. I, I, it felt like there's an emptiness. Maybe the outfielders have put like gymnastics mats over the chairs in the first two or three rows. So they when I didn't see, but out, I, they, they had the been crowd. talking. I didn't see this. They had been talking that the players that weren't playing had to sit like up yeah, in I didn't the stands. See that. I didn't. See I don't know. Maybe either. they're maybe they're in the uh, in the clubhouse. Yeah. So they're distanced out a little bit because there weren't as many people in the dugouts. I noticed that. So those other players have to be somewhere. And yeah. I know some of the stadiums, like Angel Stadium, they put like pop-up tents, almost like it was travel ball, yeah. where guys were sitting so they weren't in the sun. I gotcha. think all that stuff's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out over the course yeah. of the season. But it's baseball. We're back to playing baseball, which is great. Yeah, and folks, uh, thanks for uh, joining us for this show. We're the Dugout Dudes, and actually um, we're having so much fun doing this. We're formerly the Dodger Dudes. We talk uh, a lot of baseball, a lot of Dodger baseball, and just like to have fun. A couple of cool facts. Um, we're going to have uh, Ross Stripling, Dodger pitcher, on on our next episode. We're going to bring uh, Brett's brother, who's literally a professional fantasy player. <laughs> he drafted. Hey, <laughs> he drafted uh, with a buddy of mine who does like high stakes fantasy yeah. stuff. They drafted for like seven hours straight. I know it's crazy. Uh, so he he called me yesterday. He's like, "Oh man, I just got done. I've been going for seven hours." I know. And and one time I said. Hopefully Scott will give away some tactics. He usually won't when I'm listening. He goes, Josh, I'm not threatened by you. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm usually <laughs> Scott in doesn't pull punches. Place. He doesn't pull yeah. punches either. Yeah. 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 I'm usually in second or third place and he's still not threatened by me. But hey guys, check this out. We have been our show in the last six months has actually been uh, referenced by Sports Illustrated and by ESPN for some of the the guests we've had on and the and the quotes we've been able to get out of them. So spread the word. Uh, we're also on social media on Twitter and on Facebook. Um, check us out it's the dugout dudes with brett tomko and josh luke and guys with everything going on right now um tweet at us and put some messages on our facebook page about what you want us to talk about what's different what you like what you don't like because there's so much new and different uh and we try to be different than just the everyday radio shows and what they're talking about um so so tweet at us uh, message us and let us know what you're thinking brett you got anything else to add before we wrap up no, I'm just happy that 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 things are going and and there's baseball again and there's something <laughs> something to watch every night. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited that way. Yeah, yeah I, that's that's my thing. I just want people to be safe, take care of your families, um, and really just pay attention to what you're doing. And hopefully, the season will keep going. 
Yep. Hey, Brett, thanks for all that great insight. Those are some great stories. Uh, you got us, hey, hey, really timely because a lot of people are wondering if somebody's going to get pegged against the Astros next week. I don't uh, think it's going to happen. Great insight. Um, I'm with you. I let's ask Ross. Let's ask Ross. Well, 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 yeah. well, he's on. We'll say what was going through your mind. Well, what, that's the day he's, that's the day they play him. So, right. So we'll have him on and be like, Hey, was there any thought? Like, I'm just going to let this one slip off to the right a little bit. Yeah. Maybe we'll say, Hey Ross, we're going to tape two answers to this question. Cause that's the night they play him. So, Hey, we're the dugout dudes. Tune in next week. We'll talk to Ross Stripling and we'll talk a little fancy baseball on the show after that. Thanks so much, Brett. All right, buddy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.